Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk about college basketball, the MLB, the NBA, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 218. A few episodes ago, we announced a group bracket pool for the men's tournament where we would be giving out a $50 gift card to Fanatics to the winner of the pool. We recorded last week's episode, episode 217, prior to the championship game and therefore will now announce the winners. In third place, with 1,090 points, is the bracket Perfect Bracket Zach 19 from Perfect Bracket Zach. In second, with 1,130 points, is the bracket Blake Fox 14 from Blake Fox. And finally, with 1,190 points in the 99.9th percentile is the bracket Zachka Zero Dem Huskers Are Dogs from Zach No Zach. So congratulations to Zach No Zach and thank you to everyone who participated in the bracket pool. I think the winning bracket was in the 99th percentile, so... 99.9th. Pretty pretty good. That's Last time I checked, that's good. It's very good. Very nice. Well, with the NCAA tournament over, um, normally it would be a lot of time off for um, college basketball, but not um, in the era of the transfer portal. The transfer portal has been very busy, especially for the Cyclones. Kyle, do you want to tell us about the two players um, Cyclones have picked up in the transfer portal in the last couple of days? Yeah, sure thing. So Iowa State and obviously TJ Otzelberger, who also just did receive a contract extension through 2029. Uh, with that includes some pay increases, if you want to go look that up, go for it. Uh, he's been doing some work, and it's getting uh, noted uh, and noticed by you know the entire athletics department. So with that comes a busy, busy recruiting cycle in the transfer portal, how coaches go out and finish out their roster. Uh, so we've all talked at great lengths about what the incoming freshman recruiting class is. There are some gaps and some holes. Obviously, transfer is out of the system right now. For Iowa State, include Caleb Grill uh, and also include Eli King, you know, bench player who didn't play a whole lot. But with that becomes the onus of bringing some more talent in. He's been aggressive uh, in this portal and has actually gone out and gotten uh, a point, a transfer point guard from UNLV. Keyshawn Gilbert was the first one who committed on Sunday, uh, April 9th. Um, with this commitment, Iowa State is getting a 6'4 point guard. Uh, he played at um, UNLV pretty much. Uh, he was a starter. Um for them last year uh he averaged i believe it was about 15 points per game maybe a little maybe around that amount uh pretty good shooter um but he's he's another guard and another person who can handle the ball well uh some off some backup to uh Taman Lipsy and in a report that I actually just saw when I was scrolling through Twitter prepping for this episode is TJ Otzelberger actually came out and said that Jeremiah Williams, who transferred in last year from Temple, another point guard, might not exactly be ready to start the season, potentially um, after coming back from his torn Achilles. Uh, He's still working through that. Obviously, that's a big injury to come back from. So 
based on that and the point guard that we went out to get, we might be preparing to start the season without Jeremiah Williams services. So that could be impactful to why TJ went out and got another good ball handler. Also another player who uh, basically replaces and is a little bit better than Gabe Kalsher's career averages uh, from three point land shooting at about 37 to 38% from the three, uh, but can also drive and get to the basket when he needs to. Um, not a, a stellar assist to turnover ratio based on his profile, but uh, just another person who can handle the ball. That is something that we're always looking for and something that really helps. Another thing uh, or another player that Iowa state went out and got was more shooting. And this one actually is by way of a sophomore coming in uh, Jackson pa- Pavletsky uh, from Woford. Wofford, 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 Wofford. So he was a freshman this year. He averaged 15.1 points, 2.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists. But here's your key mark. 39.3% from three point land. Uh, so pretty good there. Six, three, another kid from Wisconsin, uh, continues that pipeline and that lineage of, uh, Wisconsin natives to, Iowa State, and they've gone pretty well historically. So we'll see how this one goes. But now Iowa State gets a really pure sharpshooter to replace the likes of like Caleb Grill, if you want to call him a pure sharpshooter. That's what he was always labeled as. Hopefully a little bit more consistent than Grill was uh, in his time at Iowa State. Um, But yeah, that's that's how TJ is starting to fill it out Uh, based on on three, uh, who does a lot of transfer portal stuff. Um, Jamie Shaw, who writes for them, listed uh, Jackson Pavletsky, I believe is how you pronounce it. We'll figure that out more later uh, as the sixth best shooting guard in the transfer portal currently. So that's a pretty big uh, get for the Cyclones. Um, We'll see how that goes. As the roster continues to shape out, we talked about this yesterday a little bit as a as a podcast. Um, we were like, well, now that we have two more guards coming in, what do we kind of need next in order to fill out the rest of the roster? Well, that's a great question. I think what the what the Cyclones need next is really another forward, uh, basically a center, someone who can bang down low uh, extensively uh, and can provide a little bit more of a uh, thicker body uh, inside. Um, One of the top targets for the Cyclones that you can keep your eye on uh, is Darion Williams, a forward from Nevada. Uh, He averaged 7.6 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game uh, with, what is it, Nevada the Wolf? pack what is it is that what who they are mike the nevada wolf pack yes that's correct yeah yeah uh 41 from the field um in his only ncaa tournament game this year against arizona state he recorded 12 points and five rebounds uh he has a scheduled visit with iowa state on three ranks him the number 39 um rank or ranked player in the transfer portal currently they are also crystal ball projecting him 100% to Iowa State. So that's the guy to keep your eyes on the most. Uh, another guy is Graham Ike, uh, center from Wyoming. He 
is going to attract a lot more attention across the nation um, being someone who comes in averaging 19.5 points per game, 9.6 rebounds per game, shooting 51% from the field. Uh, he's a guy to keep your eye on third ranked um, player in the portal. But those are the two top targets that Iowa State is chasing after. Either one of those would pretty much fill out this roster. And I believe, albeit set the roster for next season. So a lot of interesting stuff. As we get closer to the season, we can start projecting as a as a podcast who we believe will be the starters uh, for the Cyclones. But there you have it. That's the news. Anything else to add? I mean, I just want to say, right, you touched on how we might want a big man uh, in the transfer too. Both of, according to uh, 24-7 Sports, the two top transfers in the portal are both centers. I'm just saying, Hunter Dickinson from Michigan and Kalan Ware from Oregon. Uh, now, I don't have anything that says either of them are coming here, but how, imagine adding Hunter Dickinson to this team. How good would this team be? I would be excited. That's a top 25 team starting the year, especially with the recruiting class that's coming in, right? That would be, yeah, that would be awesome. But, I mean, he's probably not coming here. He's probably going to, like, Kentucky or something. But Boring. It would yeah, be. Matt, lame. Come to Iowa State and be a legend. That's right. Speaking of Iowa State legends, the WNBA draft is happening as we are recording on Monday night. Uh, Stephanie Soares went... With pick number four, uh, she was drafted by the Washington Mystic or the DC Mystic, and uh, then was traded to the Dallas Wings, um, and then arguably the greatest basketball player to play at Iowa State, at least collegiately, Ashley Jones was initially before the draft rated as the seventh best player in the draft, um, fell all the way to pick number 19. But in kind of a fun thing there, she is also on the Dallas Wings. So Iowa State fans, if you're looking for a WNBA team, uh, I'd recommend the Dallas Wings. Yeah, start there with a a few familiar faces, I guess. Yeah, I think we have a player on the Lynx as well. Is that correct? Bridget Carlton, right? Yeah, I think Bridget Carlton is still there. I have no idea. She's bounced back and forth like between the Lynx and some over out of the country overseas team maybe oh, gotcha. a canadian team i don't know for sure but yeah she she signed a couple you know short-term contracts in minnesota well for the time being at least iowa staters probably going to be rooting for the dallas wings seeing some iowa state faces there that is very fair and i just want to hit right so soros was drafted number four overall right so we did Certainly after their first round NCAA tournament exit, we did bash on the women's team a little bit for unfulfilled uh, unfulfilled expectations. But let's just let that sink in, that they played most of the year without, like, the fourth best senior in college basketball. Mm -hmm. Right? So, right, you got to give them some leeway there. Um, Still disappointing, but, I mean, just letting that that sink in – yeah, letting that sink in of how good of a player she actually was. Since she didn't play much, I don't think Cyclone fans yeah, ever didn't realized get to quite how good she was. So, yeah, this season turns out very differently for the women if she doesn't get hurt. But it is what it is. Any other thoughts on college basketball? Otherwise, we'll keep you um, up on the transfer portal. And But other than that, there's not much else uh, 
Not much else to talk about until uh, November rolls around. The Cyclones are playing in the Maui Invitational. Did we mention that next year? Yeah, that, I mean, I don't think we did, but that's a pretty cool thing. And also a big uh, recruiting thing. I mean, the the recruits are already coming, but how cool is that for, you know, the, the freshman class to come in? Your first trip with this team virtually is a trip to Maui. Uh, and any transfer who wants to come and play with a young team with a great young and up and coming head coach what's more exciting than getting to go and play in a really big tournament out in maui should be some fun competition out there yes for sure um so i think that's it for college basketball congratulations to uconn i guess we should mention that too um enough of that a new blue blood welcome to the welcome to the inner circle of college basketball i guess um, over across in MLB land, we're now just over a week, uh, through the MLB season. And, um, I've got good news for uh, Ariane and Kyle, and I got bad news for, um, for Wyatt. Who wants it first? I would for the, the bad good. news. It's, it's, it's all, it's all the same news. It's just uh, <laughs> good for two of you and bad for one of you. Let's hear it. The, the the news is don't overreact. Wyatt, the Cubs are slightly overperforming. The Cardinals and uh, Royals have both been bad, but you can't overreact to ten games. That's like saying, "Oh, your NFL team lost their first game. They must suck." All right, that that's it. I have nothing else to say about baseball. I mean, that's not bad news for me because I'm not overreacting. But but the Cubs have been overachieving, so you can't overreact to the overachieving and think they're going to be good. That's why it's the bad news. I've been burned on it before, so I, I'm aware of this rule, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the good news is I feel like the Royals are actually underperforming my expectations. Uh, I thought they would at least be, you know, better than three and seven to start the season uh, with a pretty terrible run differential. But uh, it is what it is. I knew the Royals weren't going to be competitive this year. They've pretty much got a patch patched up team uh we'll see there's there's some young talent coming up but there's some guys like hunter dozier cough cough that need to just get sent packing uh, and they haven't done that yet you just want them to send them home just leave leave them yeah. off the roster yeah. somebody has to want him for that to work right can't i mean you could what 10 what is it mike tender him tender him d dfa under his contract you can just cut him that just seems the like Royals a waste of don't resources. Like paying, yeah, the Royals don't like paying anybody, let alone just leaving a bunch of dead money out there. So, right. also, I, I have not scrolled down to the bottom of our outline to see our predictions, but uh, well, I, I would bet why it uh, has an optimistic Cubs prediction. Right? That's he? exactly what I was about to say. He said, "I've been burned on that before, so just expect some kind of Cubs <laughs> prediction at the end of this." I bet. The Cubs are leading the division two weeks before the All-Star break or something like that. I, I just feel like that's going to happen. He'll probably make the prediction for the end of May because that's the end of the write-that-down season. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Right. We, we've all got to start strategizing. Do we think we're ahead <laughs> or behind in the predictions? Or should we make more predictions that are going to come off before the end of May or not? I have no strategy. I just swing wildly. I would say you guys have strategy for this? No, no. I guess that's why I'm the two-time reigning batting champion. No, I'm right. the only one with strategy. Well, hey, I have the first. I have the first win under my belt. You did win the first season. That's true. I'm just really bad. So 
That's whatever. We love that. <laughs> Stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear my prediction. I will say that you're you're both very close. And anything else baseball related? Uh, go Tampa Bay, I guess. Uh, really hot start to this season. If you haven't been paying attention, it's the what is it, Mike? The best start to the season while also having the best run differential, something like that. I mean, we're pulling stats out left and right with different clauses and caveats. You know, there's a first for everything these days. So, but good on the Rays. They're playing good baseball to start the year, and they don't even have arguably one of their best pitchers back on their roster yet. So, are people actually showing up to the games better. now? Uh, no, not they, really. Yeah. I mean, like, that's my might last see an average of, the of about 10 to 15 more people a game. Uh, yeah, that's it. They'll sell it out and make it look good when they get to the playoffs, though. Probably. Any any other thoughts? No? We're good? I think we're good. Everybody right, we'll, panic. Go look yeah, at the standings. No panicking. Will we visit baseball? I'm sure and I'll write that down predictions. Um, but for now, um, Ariane, it's NBA playoff time. What do we got? It sure is. The season ended on the ninth just yesterday. Um, our final standings ended up being in the East. The Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, the Cavaliers, the Knicks, and the Nets. And then in the play-in is the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Bulls. Somehow every team that has a red logo is listed there in the play-in in the East. Um, in the West, we have the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, Clippers, and Warriors, with that play-in being the Timberwolves, Pelicans, and Thunder. Um, one that I just want to point out that uh, was not on there is the Dallas Mavericks. I was going to jump in and, and be like, all right, can we talk about the Dallas Mavericks for a second? Because yes. the NBA, has that investigation concluded or is that still it, open? Right it now? has not concluded yet. So they sat everybody basically except for Luca, who played about a quarter and then sat. Um, and now the NBA is investigating them for blatantly tanking, like other teams haven't been doing this already. Um, but I guess they decided it was too hard to ignore, and Jason Kidd, the coach, came out and was like, yeah, we just sat people so we could be ready for the draft, and that's really why they're getting investigated, for doing it too blatantly. Um, but a massive failure on their part. Is it Kyrie a free agent at the end of the year? Kyrie is a free agent. So so why don't you want to at least try in the playoffs? You just traded for Kyrie. Why not try in the playoffs the one year you have him? Mm-hmm. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Because I think if they would have won is... this game. They would have. This game was happening at the exact same time as another game that would have mathematically eliminated them. I think. I don't exactly know the timing, but basically they decided, "Ah, eh, screw it. It's only like a half percent chance. We're not even going to bother." Even though they have one of the best players in the NBA, and then traded half their team for Kyrie Irving, who can now just walk away and go wherever he wants. And then I mean, you may end up with an have... angry superstar. Who, you know, also demands to be traded, and then what does Dallas have? Nothing. It, it's like you put it, it's like you talked about this when they traded for Kyrie Irving, this exact scenario. Yeah. And to be fair, it hasn't been Kyrie's fault. He played pretty well since he's gotten traded, and he hasn't said that he believes like mole people are gonna eat the state of Utah or something. Like, as far as Kyrie Irving goes, it's been pretty good. But if you trade all of your defensive players, and get another guy who doesn't play defense, 
what do you know? You score a bunch of points and you still lose. I think everybody could have predicted this. I, and I did. <laughs> and yeah, I just think it was a terrible idea and it has proven to be such. So I just wanted to hit them with a low light. We're going to be doing some low lights in the West for sure. And then the Portland Trailblazers did the same thing, but like for three weeks where they just gave up, shut down everybody, shut down Dame. And and, 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 and still managed to beat Minnesota. Yeah, they did some do that. in that stretch. Yeah. And now Dame we'll get is to saying Minnesota in a second. Yeah, yeah. Dame said that he doesn't want a young player that takes a couple years to develop now. He wants somebody who can come in and contribute. So he's basically telling the organization they have to trade their draft pick to try and get somebody on their team. And, you know, Damian Lillard's all about staying in the same place and being loyal, but you can't have it both ways where you have make a million dollars and stay there every year, but also tell them how they can spend the other money. Like, yeah, they have to be with it or you don't. Um, so we'll see how that ends up. What's his contract look like? Oh, Lord. He just signed an extension this offseason. I don't know how much is left on it. Okay. A lot. But he's not going anywhere. The only way he's going somewhere is if they trade him. He signed a... Get out of here. Four-year, $176 million contract. So he's okay. signed through 2025. Looks like here. So unless they trade him, he's, he's going to be there. Okay. And uh, as far as the East goes, I could have guessed at the beginning of the season probably that the people not in the playoffs were going to be the Pistons, Hornets, Magic, Wizards, and Pacers. That is not surprising anyway. Um. So our play-in games, we will have the Heat and the Hawks and then the Lakers and the Timberwolves on Tuesday. For the Heat and the Hawks, I think that'll be a fun game. You have two... Pretty exciting playoff performers. Jimmy Butler always gets better in the playoffs. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Playoff Jimmy. Yeah, man. Jimmy G Buckets. Um, And then you have Trey Young as well, who can definitely turn it up and just be spectacular to watch. I think that'll be a fun game. I think the Heat will probably win that one, if I was going to guess. But Trey can go off for a billion points and bury them, and they have DeJounte Murray now as well. And then you have this game that's more interesting to me, uh, the Lakers and the Timberwolves. Just in general, anytime LeBron is in the playoffs, just watch it. He's really good. But the real interest here is on the Timberwolves, right? Fantastic. The Lakers have been one of the better teams in the NBA since the trade deadline when they reshaped their team. So they're actually looking pretty good. I would give their chances to beat the Timberwolves like, I don't know, 200%. Maybe it would have been like 80% before the last day of the season. But because I don't know what you guys did up there, but the sports gods hate every team that exists up there. I don't know. They do. What you did. What did Minnesota do to deserve all of their sports teams being cursed forever? I have no Even the college hockey team is cursed. They were the best <laughs> team all year. <laughs> They were the best I, team all year, and they lose the national championship in overtime yeah. after leading 2-1 with less than five minutes left. Wasn't it like three oh. out of four teams in the final four from Minnesota and no Minnesota team won? No, only one of the oh, final okay. four. Was okay. there, were, there were three teams in the tournament from Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, on the final day of the season, already been kind of a terrible season. I was super high on the Timberwolves. So I get mad. So I can only imagine what it'd be like to be a real fan of the Timberwolves. Uh, 
Carl Anthony Towns out half the season. We talked about Nas Reed breaking his wrist. He's out. Um, and then on the last day, we have Rudy Gobert. Uh, I don't know. It looked like Kyle Anderson maybe called him a name he didn't like, so he decided to punch him on the sidelines in the middle of the game. A shove in the chest, if you will. I would say I would, it was a shove, not a punch. I, I would agree. Say. Everybody's calling it a punch. It, it was more of like a push shove. It was hard to tell. He has long yeah. arms, so he can reach you from anywhere. So he goes back to the locker room, gets sent home, and somewhere along the way as well, Jaden McDaniels punches a wall, and now he has fractured his wrist, hand, something, from punching a wall. So we have two punches. Only, only Timberwolves players and structural design is involved, and now you are missing two, your two most important defenders. Yeah. Exactly. For a playing game against the Lakers, because guess who those guys defend generally? It's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You now don't have your primary defenders for that. In theory, Carl Anthony Towns is supposed to be a four this year. So who even is your center? You don't have Nas Reed. You don't right. have Rudy Gobert. You have to play Towns at center. Otherwise, you, you have to play, play Towns Luka? at center. You gonna play Luca Garza there? I don't even know if Luca Garza is on the active roster right now. I'm not sure he's I mean, eligible to play in the to. playoffs. I don't know. It's just like there's I don't know what you what your lineup looks like at this point. Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Towns. Towns, you have to play Towns at the 5, Kyle Anderson at the 4, and then what? Jaden who do you even play at the 3? Yeah. Torian Prince, I guess. And Anderson, right? Anderson. Well, you got to play Anderson at the 4 cuz you don't have a 4 now. Play Garza at the four. If God, I don't think Garza's on. Garza's not on. Yeah, I don't know if he's able to play. Can we call him up? Surely somebody sure. can replace him from the Garza G League, should, right? I thought I heard somebody say he wasn't available. Maybe he is. If he is, I think you got to play Garza at the five. But basically, no one on that roster is checking Anthony yeah. Davis. Nathan it's not Knight? Yeah, yikes. So yeah. that's just a failure on all counts this season. Everybody seems to just always hate Rudy Gobert for some reason. I don't know why, but altogether, that trade was a massive failure unless something mag- magical happens next season. But I think that uh, it's going to go down as a pretty bad trade all time. Yeah. Uh, so definitely big disappointment on the Timberwolves. And then yeah. the next day of the play-in on Wednesday will be a Raptors-Bulls in what will probably be the worst game in the play-in, in my opinion. The Raptors are just very unpleasant to watch. Their half-court offense is awful. Uh, they play a lot of defense. It's, it's going to be a grit-and-grind kind of game, and the only excitement will come if DeRozan or Levine happen to have a good offensive game, although I would bet DeRozan doesn't because every defender on the Raptors is basically tailor-made to shut down DeRozan. So you got to kind of hope for Levine to just have a good game for the Bulls. And then our last one in a game that I don't think anybody would have guessed at the beginning of the year is the Pelicans and the Thunder. We thought the Thunder might be tanking, but here they are in the play-in, looking to see if they can get a little bit of playoff experience before they get Chet back and uh, whoever they get to draft this season. That should be fun, honestly. Um, you got SGA. Unfortunately, we do not have Zion in this game because Zion is... Basically, Schrodinger's basketball player at this point, he does exist, but he also doesn't exist, and you can't see him because he's always injured. Um, 
So those are your four play-in games. On Friday will be the eighth seed games. So how this works, if you don't recall, our higher seeds um, will play, and the winner of that higher-seeded game get to be the seventh seed. The loser of that game goes on to play the winner of the lower-seeded game in a second game, and that person will be the eighth seed in the in the playoffs. Makes sense. Yeah, it's so weird, man. <laughs> yeah. So you'll have. So if you're in the lower seated games, you basically have to win two games to even yes, get in. That is correct. Well, so you have Heat Hawks. The winner of that game wins, and then the loser plays the winner of Raptors Bulls, and then same thing. Lakers Wolves gets in. The loser will play the Pelicans or the Thunder winner. And I, the Timberwolves will probably just lose both games and be out because that just seems to be what their year is. Um, but moving on from that, unless anybody has any questions about the play-in. I mean, my only question is, what is the general consensus around the play-in? Do people I, actually like this? I love the play-in. Really? Okay. I think the general sentiment is people like it. From an, I like it from an excitement perspective. Right. I don't like it from a logistical perspective. Not even logistical. I would say from moral. a. Uh, I mean, moral is too strong. Just from a necessity, right? It's not needed. Like, even even the Lakers are not going to win the championship, right? They could. I could say if you just look at their roster and how they've played since the trade deadline, they've been a top six team probably in the NBA. They have a chance. The weird thing about the West is I would give probably five different teams in the West a chance to win the West, which is not standard. Realistically, no one below what a four seed ever wins the the title. I think that's probably pretty accurate. Um, That's where I come from. It's like these teams aren't going to win the title. We don't need them in the playoff. Yeah, fair enough. I definitely think it just adds excitement. The single elimination gives you a little bit of March Madness feel to it. And Overall, since it's been implemented, we have seen less teams give up basically at the trade deadline and not play any meaningful basketball. There are more teams that are interested in getting up to that spot so that they can play to get a spot in the playoffs. So I think it makes for good basketball. Um, And I personally don't count the play-ins as the playoffs. I don't think you've made the playoffs until you're a 7 or an 8 seed in that bracket because God knows we let enough teams into the playoffs in the NBA anyway because it's over half the teams. We don't need the play-ins. We already let too many teams in. That is true. It would be interesting if they just took the last, like, just make five, six, seven, eight the play-in. That would be interesting. Do six teams in the playoff? Yeah, people would really have to try hard then. And then you'd really want... Uh... You'd really want to be one and two, too. You'd make those teams yep. at the top try down the stretch because you want that buy. Exactly. But that's never going to happen. Gets rid They're never going like to get rid player of player rest. Yeah, it gets rid of like that player rest thing. Yes, oh. we have a lot of load management issues. But uh, the NBA and the owners are never going to say, let's have less game and less money. That'd be great. They're just going to put more and more in, just like the NFL adding extra games. Playoffs uh, will never contract. They no. make too much money. Right. So, unless we have any questions about the play-in... Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, I'll just go over the the matchups here. So, once we get into the real big boy playoffs, 
You have the 76ers Nets, uh, which somehow has become so much less exciting than it would have been last year because we have no KD. We have no Kyrie. Um, James Harden is now on the 76ers and not the Nets. And Ben Simmons is injured. He's not going to play. So Did he play any games this year? Yeah, I think he played 33 games maybe. Uh, pretty disappointing season from him. I would anticipate this to be more or less an, uh, a Sixers walkover. The Nets might snag a game, but I don't anticipate that being a very exciting series. The Celtics are playing to be determined, and I didn't take the time to look up who that would be, which play-in team it would be. Let's see. Show me the standings. They're the, are they, they're they're the second one. seed. They're the second seed, so then it's yeah. going to be so either going to play the uh... seventh seed. So either the Heat or the Hawks. Or um, the no, the loser, either the loser of Heat Hawks or the winner of Raptors Bowls. No, no, because the second seed would play the seventh seed. The the one seed will play the eighth seed. So the Bucks could play any of the four teams in the play-in, but the Celtics can only play the Heat or the Hawks. I think. I think. No, no, no. So the the Bucks will play either. Yeah, the Bucs could play any of the four teams. The Celtics can also play any of the four teams. No, because the winner of the first play-in game automatically gets the seven seed. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can only play the Heat or the Hawks. You're yeah. Right. So you're right, yeah. I don't have a lot to go on that one because I don't know what it is. Uh, the Cavaliers will be playing the Knicks. In my opinion, I would give that one to the Cavaliers. They are fantastic on defense. Donovan Mitchell has been incredible this year. Darius Garland is good. Basically, the Cavaliers are a great team that just doesn't really have a small forward, um, which it, could cause them a lot discount, of problems. Don't discount Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau, you know, he's done it before. I just, you know, I don't want to rely on Julius Randle. He's a little hit or miss. Jalen Brunson's been good this year, but... I just think they're a little outclassed by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I think if you're going to give me a star, give me Donovan Mitchell over anything that the Knicks offer. He's another guy who just raises his level in the playoffs and uh, can be fantastic to watch. And then yeah. in a very interesting little crosstown rivalry, we have the Kings and the Warriors. And uh, if I told you at the beginning of the season, we have a three seed and a, a six-seed matchup, but you would not have told me the Kings were the three-seed and the Warriors were the six-seed. But uh, this is an older rivalry, both in um, California, so that should be interesting to watch. Those crowds are going to be raucous. The how Warriors many tra- are... How many travel days are we going to have during that series? Probably more than we need to, since you can just bust there. But uh, I don't know. This one is kind of interesting because the Warriors are another one of those teams that hasn't been whole as much as it could have been. So even though the Warriors are a six seed, they have a decent chance. They have a ton of playoff experience as compared to the Sacramento Kings, who have pretty much no playoff experience, save for uh, Demonis Sabonis' runs with the Pacers. So I think this will be a lot closer than people might think just looking at it on paper. And those games will all be on Saturday. 
And then these next four are going to be on Sunday. We have the Bucks playing, as we stated, any of those four playing teams, uh, whoever it is, bet on the Bucks. Uh, then you have the Nuggets, who will be playing any of the four playing teams, being the Lakers, Timberwolves, Pelicans. Oh, no. Yeah. Lakers, Timberwolves, Pelicans, or Thunder. They are the one seed in the West. And the Grizzlies, who are the two seed, will play one of the Lakers or the Timberwolves. I then, want that Grizzlies Timberwolves rematch. I'm still bitter about that series uh, last year. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be fun to get a rematch for sure. And then the last game that's going to happen is the Suns versus the Clippers. So we will see Kawhi Leonard. I don't think we'll see Paul George yet. He's still coming back from injury. We will see Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. That should be a really fun series as long as anybody can uh, stay healthy. And that is the issue with both of these teams is that these guys tend to get injured in the playoffs, you know, all the way back to Chris Paul's days on the Clippers. So that is all of our games, and we will talk about how they go uh, next week when we see some of those games. But that's what I got for you guys. And, and we'll also preview the NHL playoffs next week as yeah. uh, those meetings will get set up next week. So, If I had to pick right now who I think is going to win the championship, I would take the Bucks. I would take the Boston Bruins. To win the NBA one? No, to win the NHL one. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'd be impressed. But we'll talk more about the Bruins next week. They're historically good. That's, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that for today. And we'll move on from the NBA to our signature segment, starting with Mike's Stupid Rules. And I want to talk about what's sort of been uh, the rule of the year so far in Major League Baseball, and that is runner's lane interference. Um, so runner's lane interference. This specifically applies to batter runners who have hit the ball and are running to first base. This only applies in this case. It does not apply to any other runners at any other time. Does everyone understand that? Yes. Okay, because that's the number one thing people get wrong with this rule is they try to apply. There are basically two separate rules for running to first base and all the other bases, and people apply the wrong ones at the wrong times. So only applies to running the first base. Runner's lane interference is covered by Rule 5.09 Part A11. It says, um, in, in running the last half of the distance from home base to first base, while the ball is being fielded to first base, he runs to the outside to the right of the three-foot line or the inside to the left of the foul line. And in the umpire's judgment, doing so interferes with the fielder taking the throw at first base. In which case, the ball is dead, and he is out for interference. Um, you can only run outside of that line, of course, if a tag play is being made on you. So a couple key points there. So you have to be inside the foul line, or on foul side of the foul line, 
and also inside the three foot line that's chalked on uh, on the infield. Second thing, you have to interfere with the fielder at first base. So if your interference is with the person throwing the ball and not catching the ball, that is not runner's lane interfering. So let's keep that in mind too. It has to be interfering with the person at first base. And the last thing, dead ball. So you're going to be out. Any uh, any outs that occurred before that will stand. For example, if you got a force out at home and then a catcher's throw towards first was the one that was interfered with. Um, but since it's a dead ball, the other runners cannot advance and they'll have to go back to where they started the play. So even if you had this came up in the Twins, uh, Twins-Astros game, right? Bases loaded, nobody out. Uh, ground ball throws home, gets the out at, uh, out at home. Runner's lane interference called for the guy on first. Um, two outs, runners on first and second because the other runners can't advance in this interference case. Questions on this rule? Yeah, I know it's somewhat complicated. There's a lot of parts, but a lot of parts. I think it seems straightforward, but... I'd like Can to see even... it in action at least one time with my eyes on it in order to be like, oh, yeah, I understand that now. Why? Did you have something? I was going to say, we, we've definitely covered this before, though, right? Like, we've... We, we have, because yeah. there was a, a key play. This was probably back in the 2019 World Series. Um, Trey Turner, I think, back in the 2019 World Series mm-hmm. was when we covered it. But I figured that was... A long time ago now. So maybe it was, was that the 2021 World Series? Must have been I the 2021 World Series. I don't know. One of the World Series, Trey Turner. Um, you could look it up. Trey Turner, let me, let me look this up, see what year it was. Trey Turner, World Series Runners, play. 2019, yeah, it was 2019. Boom. So we have talked about it before, but I wanted to refresh because I've seen it at least three times already this year. So no, it's always good to recap. Yeah, There's, there always seems to be a rule that cycles through a lot. Last year it was the the catcher blocking home plate rule, you know, that we had seemed like we were talking about every other week. I feel like it's going to be this rule this year, just what it feels like through the early part of the year. Any other questions? Hearing none, we will move on to our accountability session slash bloodbath. We'll just jump right in. There's only uh, maybe one or two right predictions in all of this, um, but we'll get started. Um, why you predict the ICU men and women will um, be AP top 10 in the same week this season? I don't think the men ever made it into the top 10. And if they did, the women had fallen at, uh, out by that time. So you get a meh. 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 Kyle, you did predict that UConn would win by double digits in the championship game, which they did, 76 to 59. So you get a ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, Arian, you had faith in the Timberwolves and said they would finish top four in the Western Conference. They did not, um, as of course you talked about. So, nah. 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 
You also predicted that Rudy Gobert would finish the year averaging 15 points, 12 rebounds, and two blocks. You want to guess how many of those categories he made? Zero. Zero. He ended with 13 points, 13.4 points, 11.6 rebounds, and 1.4 blocks. So, yeah. You also predicted that I would win the fantasy basketball playoffs, and really, you should have been betting on yourself. You knocked me off in the championship game. So, congratulations on winning that, but also, nah. Nah. Comeback of the century, though. Yeah, you look. You were dead to rights at one point. Like, yes, I had a something. I had a six point six percent chance at one point, according to them, to make the playoffs. Yeah, and you had a great comeback. So good for you. And then the last one to come off the board, Ryan. I need your help on this. You said you would come out with at least ten bucks total in winnings on NCAA men's tournament games. Did that happen or not? Yeah. So I was doing some napkin math here because I realized that I had not looked at that so i needed to check this out how do we want to do this so are we just doing total winnings versus losses or are we taking what i bet out of it as well so just like net money because technically i won 107 dollars and 25 cents i lost 45 dollars and 50 cents so but what, what that was, gives me sixty one seventy five, and then I bet of that forty five dollars, which then gives me sixteen seventy five. So no matter how we do it, it's say, about either $10. way, I did go above ten dollars. Okay, so your your net winnings were over ten dollars. Yes. Okay, so I guess then. Ding ding But it sounds a lot cooler to say I won one hundred seven twenty five than sixteen seventy five. Yeah, the IRS loves to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our resident IRS agent listening in. Yeah. Hopefully we have one. <laughs> now they'll need to see that on your tax forms next year. Not if I just don't pull it out and lose it all betting. That's what DraftKings wants me to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is what they want you to do. So. I'll start getting predictions off the board. I'm going to do my first ever two prediction week. Normally, that's just uh, that's just uh, you and Kyle, but I'm doing it this week. Um, first, I'm going to say that Memphis does not make it to the conference finals. I have out to the conference finals to to the conference finals. They're not doing it. The Grizzlies. Yeah. According Ooh. to five thirty eight, they have a forty one percent chance to reach the conference finals. For what it's worth. Uh, how much? I don't think this happens, right? 41. Did you say 41 or 31? 41. 41. That seems high. Um, Basically, I mean, right? Two teams make it, right? So keep that yeah. in mind. So they would have to be, let's be honest, uh, probably the, the Lakers. Lakers, who, in my opinion, are scary for them. And then they're going to beat. They're going to have to play the winner of Sacramento-Golden State. Yeah. It's hard because the Lakers and the Warriors are both teams that I think aren't reflected in their records very well. They're more intimidating than they seem. Um, But they will not make it too. Hmm. 
I mean, the percentage says it's not a single. That'd be the other way, right? Other way around. So there's a what? 60% chance they don't make it is that is that what you said yeah there's a, well if there's a 41 percent that they don't make that they do make it it means there's a 59 percent chance that they don't right okay so that's by those numbers it's a single right yeah yes but but i hmm. Do you, do yeah, you really feel like with, they're going to make it? I'm fine with the single. Yeah, I don't know. Those teams are really weird to determine. <laughs> Good they, single, then. If Memphis didn't have injuries to Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, it'd be a bigger deal, but they have some depth issues. And then my second prediction, I'm jumping on the Rays bandwagon like Kyle said. They're going to bring this uh, season opening winning streak. Uh, they're at 10 in a row now. They're going to bring it to at least 13 in a row. Yeah, congrats to them for winning tonight now, too. Gee. Yeah. They just so, keep it rolling. They've got uh, the next three games are all at home against the Red Sox. So. Let me pull up these standings and make all my judgments off of that. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Pull up who they're playing, which is I, Austin I, I for the rest of the yeah, yes, Boston. Yeah. Did, and did, yeah, did just say the next two games are against Boston. Sometimes I choose not to listen to you. Yeah, you've been not listening to me for like seven years at this point. Yeah. Once I don't know. This what were you expecting to get for it? A triple, a double? Uh, not a single. I would that be okay with a triple. Kyle? Sure. Triple. Sure. Triple. Why not? All right. I will take a triple. Triple I'm it is. sure you will. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? He is still alive. He is in full baseball mode, um, just like I think all of us are. Um and uh, he is um, liking what he's seeing from the Boers and says they're going to be leading the Central Division um, basically at the end of the day, 416, which is next Sunday. I'm allowed to look at the standings for this. They are currently leading the division by a game over the Pirates and uh, game and, and two and a half games over the Cubs. And Excuse Reds. me, the Pirates? That won't last yes. long. Uh... Who do they play this week? Um, let's see. Tomorrow they play the Pirates. Play the Astros the first series of this week. The Brewers play the Diamondbacks. Cubs got the Mariners. Um, Reds have the Braves. And in the back half of the week, um. Let's see. Reds have the Phillies. Pirates have the Cardinals and Brewers have the Padres. And the Cubs have the Dodgers. I will say this seems pretty likely. I would say this is probably a single. 
I, yeah. I was feeling generous. I'd be okay with giving him a double for it. I mean, you never know. It's early. Single. I can definitely see that being a single. Single. I tried, Josh. Single it is. Y'all were pretty close with your guesses and my prediction. It is at some point after Memorial Day, uh, the Cubs will be number one in the NL Central for like even, you know, just a day. Gotcha. Does, so, it, does it have to be at the end of the day or if they have played a game and another team hasn't played a game and they happen to be number one in that period? Yeah, it, everything has to be reconciled. It has to be in okay. the day. End of the day. End of the day. Good. That makes it so much easier to look yeah, at. Yeah. I'm not going to keep track of that. Um, Ooh, this is probably a triple or a home run. I was gonna say I was feeling triple. Were they? What were they projected to finish in their own division? Fourth, fourth, right third? now they're projected to finish third. Yeah, third. So right. Probably oh, okay. Pirates. Well, obviously the Reds are the dumpster fire of the league. Yeah. Uh, trip. Triple? Triple? Yeah, I'm fine with triple. Eh. It's fine. Triple it is. What do you got, Kyle? This one's going to be a little bit... going to require a little bit more uh, research from Mike. Probably okay. at the end of the season. Um, so Zach Granke will have at least five starts this season where he qualifies for a quality start with one or fewer runs of support from the team. Uh, this is on you to research to prove yourself right. We're going to assume you're wrong. Sure. Right. Just put, okay. That's how it always works. You have to Whatever. do your own research. So, so far this season, there has been one instance of this occurring. Uh, it was his second game of the season on April 5th against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he, qua- or he had a quality start, so he threw for six innings pitch, one earned run. Uh, but received zero runs of support in that game. How many starts has he had so far this season? Just two? Two. He is in his third start now, and I will tell you, he already does not qualify for a quality start. Okay. He's given up four runs. So, I mean, you know, just statistically, he's going to do this one every three games. That's definitely how that works. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, God. I mean, probably, I don't know. Is this a double? Is this a triple? How many starts do we think he'll actually get? I mean, he'll probably get about 25 if he's healthy. Yeah, if he's healthy, he'll get about 25. Yeah, if he's healthy. So last year... um, He's getting older, isn't he? 2022. I mean, he's, yeah, he's old. He's 37. Um, He started... Season totals, 26 games, 26 starts. Okay. I don't know, triple? The Royals offense isn't going to be good. Sure. Say triple. That's fine. I'm fine with that. It's a weird one to quantify. You can actually get all that information on Baseball Reference Fun Facts. So I, I do have that specific page pinned now so that I can nice. go back and check Perfect. it at the end of the season. Very good. What do you got, Ariane? 
All right, so I started with one prediction, but then I wanted to do two predictions because Mike did. Uh, my first prediction is that by Memorial Day, the Cardinals will be 500 or better. So basically, we'll just we'll check that on Memorial Day, I guess. I'll say on Memorial Day. Because by gotcha. leaves a lot of wiggle room there. It does. They just have to be there at some point. Yeah, before. that's lame. On Memorial on- Day, the Cardinals will be 500 or better. I mean, I know they've been bad, but they're supposed to be good, so this is still probably a single. Yeah. Unless you convince me otherwise, I'm probably inclined to say single. Nope, I, that makes sense to me. Yep, I dig it. And then inspired cool. by Mike's pick that Memphis does not make it to the conference finals. I will say the Nuggets do not make it to the conference finals. The West one seed. So according to 538, the Nuggets have a 53% chance of making it to the conference finals, which means they have a 47% chance of not making it to the finals. So this seems like a single again. Yeah, they got to play any menagerie of teams, so we don't know that. And then they will play the winner of Phoenix and the Clippers. Yeah, this seems like a seems like a single to me. I could easily see yep. them losing to Kevin Durant and the Suns. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's a scary team. So, single it I is. mean, they're they're what 8 and 0 with KD right now. Something like that. Although he hasn't been fantastic in most of those games. Sure, but but I mean, if he's on, no one is a no. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> With four singles and three triples, that concludes our write that down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311 cast episode 218. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our social media pages at 8311cast on both Instagram and Twitter. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones!